Now, let's lay some foundations right now as I get started. First and foremost, I know that when you start talking about money in church, some people get uncomfortable. Now, if that's you, you don't have to raise your hand. You don't have to admit it right now. Just look ahead. Nobody will know. But, but seriously, uh, I, I'm just being kind of silly. But, you know, sometimes we do get uncomfortable. You start talking about money. I step up and say, hey, I want to talk to you about faith and your finances. I want to talk to you about finances. It can get, you know, nervous for people. Maybe somebody watching online. You almost want to, like, turn it off. Because you're like, oh, boy, here we go. Preacher talking about money. And I was, but let me talk to you why it's so important that we talk about faith and our finances. Why we talk about the financial areas of our lives. First and foremost, number one, it's important that we talk about finances because the Bible talks about finances. Come on, somebody say the Bible talks about finances. The Bible talks about our money. The Bible talks about our relationship with our money. The Bible talks about what God calls us to do with our money. Actually, I remember hearing a Bible teacher say, it always stuck with me years ago, Jesus talked more about money than he talked about heaven and hell combined. Now, I'm not saying it's more important in the grand scheme of eternity, but I think he understood some things about its place and its role in our lives. And so if the Bible talks about money, for me not to talk about it as your pastor would, would be wrong. It would be me withholding parts of the word of God from you and our teacher and our training. So that's one of the reasons why it's important. Secondly, it's important we talk about what the Bible teaches about our finances and what God would say to us because money plays an important role in our lives. We need money to live. Each one of us, I mean, money was involved in us getting here today. Money was involved in what we're sitting in. Money was involved in us being able to do different things that God asks us to do. You know, this past Thursday, we had uh, the marriage course started, and Pastor Jaron and Norma are heading up, and I know some of you were there. Uh, but you know, you talked with marriage counselors. You talked with biblical counselors. One of the main reasons that marriages struggle, one of the key trigger points is money. And it's finances. There's, there's so many. Money is an important part of our lives, and God cares about every area of our life. And God has things to speak to every area of our lives. So we need to talk about it because it does matter in our lives. And we also need to talk about money because we are currently facing challenging times regarding finances. I mean, I could pull up all kinds of links. I could pull up articles. But we all know. We know what's right now. Talking about inflation. Talking about, you know, rising costs. You know, people are on social media showing pictures of $24 chicken at Loblaws and, you know, kind of how can they do this? And, you know, cost of living's rising, all these things, housing, and, 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 and there's genuine concerns for the future. And what's this going to look like for the coming generation? And are my kids just going to have to live at home till they're 50? And, you know, all these things, I'm being kind of silly, but maybe not in some ways, right? We live in challenging times. So, when God says to us this year for faith, this is one of the areas he says is right there for a lot of us. See, I want to talk to you about faith in this area of our finances. That we would have faith. And even we talk about a first fruits offering. Right? We're talking about taking an offering and giving. We, we want to recognize this is something about faith. This is something that matters. This is something spiritual that we do. Just as our worship today was spiritual, just as our going to the word is spiritual, our giving is spiritual. But if we don't understand it, if we don't understand what God says about it, then we miss out on what God has. So that's why it's important that we talk. Now, I know when we talk about finances, whenever I, I do a message like this, there's usually three categories of people in the room. The first category of people are people who you have revelation of what God said about this. You're living it out. You, you, I mean, we all have more to grow. We all have more to learn. But there's those of you in here, this is an area you have revelation in your life and you've walked in obedience to the Lord. Today, what I want to do, I want to stir your faith to believe God in an even greater way. 
I want to stir your faith to have even greater boldness, to have an even greater trust in God regarding your finances. That's group number one. There's also a second group of people, and that's people, and you've just never really heard a message about this before. Maybe you've never heard a preacher talk about it. You've never, you didn't really know this is preached on. And so I want to encourage you today is I want to encourage you to open up your heart because I want to talk to you a little bit about what God says about this and God's way. And I believe it's going to open some amazing things for you to see, amazing revelation that you can live in. So that's the second group. But there's also a third group. And the third group is those of you who are listening to me today and here or you're listening online and you've had some bad experiences with church and money. Because can we honest, sometimes there's been some bad experiences with church and money. Again, I'm not going to get you to raise your hand. You don't have to do whatever. But real talks, this teaching, this type of teaching sometimes has been abused. Sometimes there have been bad experiences regarding this. And so if you fall into that category, what I want to encourage you today is I want to encourage you in the book of Acts, it talked about the Berean believers where Paul came, he taught the scriptures and said every day they'd go home and they'd search the scriptures to see if what he was saying is true. Do not build your theology on money based on the mess ups and the abuses that you've seen in other people. Right? Build it on God's word. Build it on God's promises. Recognize with any biblical teaching, there is going to be some funky stuff out there. Don't let the funky define what you believe. And so what I want to encourage you, I'm going to ask you just to carte blanche, take everything I'm saying in today, and just because it's me, you must believe it. No, go to the word. But at least I want to ask you, open your heart up for what will be said. Don't, don't just kind of automatically go, oh boy, here we go again. You know, I thought I liked this place. Now pastor wants to talk about it. No, just give me a chance with this, all right? Just give me some time and go to the scriptures and ask the Lord, maybe just be open to the idea that maybe some of the bad experiences have kind of framed how you see this instead of faith and what God says. Amen? Could you, could you do that for me? Amen? All three groups. So I know I'm not trying to call it any one group. So he's like, okay, but I'm not not even pastor. So, so when we talk about faith, let's talk about it. So let's go to Matthew chapter 6, 25 to 33. Matthew chapter 6, 25 to 33, passage many of us know very well. It says, therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life. What you'll eat or what you'll drink, nor about your body, what you'll put on, is not life more than food and the body more than clothing. Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you of not more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? That's a good word for some of us today. When we worry, it does no good. It doesn't add one hour to our lives. Is it? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he... So Jesus, again, lovers of truth, right? Jesus didn't pull punches. So he's saying to us, yeah, there's going to be worries, there's pressures here. But he says, but if, you're, if you don't even trust God to take care of you, he said, your faith is little right now. But this year is about getting that little faith into big faith, Amen. And so he says, therefore, do not be anxious, saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. Come on, somebody say, Father God knows. Come on, tell your neighbor, your heavenly Father knows. Hear that word. He knows, guys. He knows. And then it says in verse 33, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. So we're talking about faith for our finances. And there's really two different angles I want to come at this. 
The first, I want to build your faith in something. I believe this is actually a key revelation for this year. I think it's a key revelation. It simply is this. God is your source. Come on, somebody say, God is my source. Tell your neighbor, God is your source. See, when we look at this passage, it's talking about the needs of our lives. And obviously it's speaking in a first century context, which looks a little different. I'm sure if Jesus was talking to us in 2023, he'd be maybe using a little bit of different language. He'd be talking about maybe some different elements of what we need, but the principle is the same. He's talking about the needs in our lives. He's talking about the needs that we have. We all have needs to survive, clothing, food, shelter. I was laughing. I was saying in our first service crowd, I always remember, it always jumps in my mind with this. If you don't know, my dad loves canoe trips. And, uh, and if you've met my dad and he hasn't asked you to go on a canoe trip, he will at some point soon. He's a, he's a canoe trip evangelist. And so, you know, he loves taking people out. We go out for three days and, and you go and canoe into the middle of like Algonquin Park and you camp. And how many people have been on a canoe trip with my dad? I, you watch how my hands go. Okay. So we got a few sprinkled around here. Now, some people go and they love it and they find, some people go and they say never again, never. They say, I am not doing that ever again. I am not going to. It, it really is a, and then some, some people were just like, no, I never went in the first place fast. <laughs> They're just like, I didn't do it. But I always remember one thing he'd say, he said, listen, talk about it. He said, listen, he said, he said, if you got food, if you're warm and you're dry, like you got shelter, so you're not wet, you can handle a lot of stuff. I know some of you are saying, is that the standard we're going for? <laughs> Sorry, like that's the standard, but there's this element of, of the provision of our needs in our lives and the provision of what we have. And, and it really does, and so we work and we make money. And I mean, I'm working to provide for my family. I, I want to take care of things. So there's all these different elements. But see, what I believe, one of the key things Jesus was getting after is your father knows your need and God is your source. And guys, in the times that we are in, even as we talk about a spirit of faith, I believe God wants a fresh revelation for each one of us that he says, I am your source. I'm going to take care of you. I am going to cover whatever you need covered. Philippians 4.19, and my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. God wants that to move from being a nice verse to being a reality because in the times we're in, guys, in the times we're coming into, we need to know that God is our source. And if we're talking about being people of faith, we need to have this faith that, yeah, I'm thankful for my job and my job, but it's God using my job to provide for me. I'm thankful for these other areas of my life, but if my job is my source and I lose my job, I'm in trouble. But if God's my source, I can lose my job, but I'm not up the, you know, I'm not out of it because God is the one who's providing and he was using that, but he's got so many other things he could use to provide for me. So many other things he could use to bring for me because why I have faith that God is my source. And in 2023, God wants us to rise up in a fresh spirit of faith. And I believe there's just fresh revelation where we have this, just this rock solid revelation in our heart that God is my source. God meets every need that I have. 
Yeah, but pastor, you know the house mark. God is my source. Yeah, but inflation is going up. That Okay, God is my source. Yeah, but food prices are going, okay. I, I mean, I wish they weren't, but God is my source. Yeah, but what's going to happen in the future? Well, I don't know exactly what's going to happen in the future, but I know who's in the future, and I know that God is my source, and there's this faith that comes from knowing that he meets all of my needs according to his riches and glory, and he is my source. He takes care of me. Whatever I need, he brings it to me. Whatever my family need, he brings it to me. And as people of faith, we are actually called to live in this revelation that God is our source. Do you know today that God is your source? Not just here, but here. You remember when Jesus said to his disciples, who do men say that I am? And, and they said, well, some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah. He said, okay, but who do you say I am? That is such an important question because many of us are living off what other people are saying Jesus is, but we've got to move to the place of what is the revelation that we have in our hearts. And when that revelation comes in your heart, Jesus then said, because Peter came and said, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus said, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, because this was not revealed to you but flesh and blood, but my Father's in heaven. Blessed means empowered to excel, exceed. There's a blessing that comes when a revelation comes in your heart, and God wants to bring a revelation in your heart where he says to you I am your source I've got you covered I will take care of you and no matter what's going on in the world around you you can have peace because you have an unlimited resource you have the richest father in ever you know in history on your side and he's going to take care of it remember we were with some friends over the weekend Joel and Hannah Dumaine and uh uh Generation uh, Unite, and they do amazing work in Quebec. So that's what Pastor Sharon and I were in Montreal a couple of days supporting them. And they are telling us a story about their daughter who's getting married and getting a wedding dress. So she went with a certain budget, but her mother told her, listen, don't, don't worry about your budget. She said very loudly, so about her, the store heard, don't worry, your daddy will get, well, your daddy will take care of your dress. And I, I laughed, and she had a couple strategic things, and she said, thankfully, you know, Daddy didn't know she said that quite the way she said it, because Dad wasn't around, and Dad ended up being thankful the dress she chose at the end. But, but what I love is, is, I think God wants you to have this revelation right now that you're, you're running this stuff, but you know what? Dad's going to take care of it. Come on, somebody say, Dad's got it. See, you may only have a certain amount of money, but how many know your Heavenly Father has more than enough? But see, there's this revelation that comes and said, Daddy's got it. Come on, somebody say, Daddy's got it. Sometimes you're going to have to look at the bill and just go, Daddy's got it. Right? You're going to have to look at, okay, how am I going to handle I feel called to schooling. Daddy's got it. I'm starting a new business. I don't know. I know God's called me to, but Dad's got Why? Because we understand he's our source. In 2 Timothy 2, it's interesting, Paul gives a really good revelation. I'm not going to read through it all right now, but he talks about a soldier, he talks about an athlete, and he talks about a farmer. He talks about a runner. You know, it's interesting because and, and I think there was actually this pastor was supposed to break a lot of it, but can you imagine a soldier going to sign up for the army? Say, can you armed forces? And they said, okay, thank you, sign here. They okay, uh, where's your weapons? And you're looking at them like, uh, you're supposed to give me the weapons. Right? No, no, you need to bring your own weapons. And they go, okay, uh, where's your uniform? Uh, aren't you giving me a uniform? No, no, no. We've changed the policy recently. You need to bring your own uniform as well, too. All right, okay. Uh, what are we, tanks? No, no. We just, we, we, you got to find your own tanks, right? Yeah, how many know that would be a pretty sorry army? 
right? And yet God says we're in his army, and yet many of us think we've got to do all the provision for what he's asking us to do instead of understanding that when you're in the army of God, he provides for what he's calling you to as long as you're not going AWOL. Amen. We'll get to that in a second. So I'm in the army of the Lord, but really we just gone AWOL, but we're like, we still want to take all the provisions with us, right? With an athlete. I'm not talking about, you know, local, but you, you know, you go play college. I was just talking with a, a new couple and they both ran track. He actually ran with Paul who ran in the States and they ended up, ran you know, when you go to a proper athletic program, they give you shoes. They give you a uniform. They set it up for you. Nutrition. Why? Because, because you've joined up and, and they provide for you. But yet, why do we think when we're rolling with God, when we're in the kingdom, we've got to make it happen ourselves? Right? We wouldn't respect the college program that did that, but yet we think God does that to us. Right? The third part of the farmer, it says, how many farmers do not first eat, the, they, they first eat the first part of the crop? Again, I'm not going to take you over there right now. Which is, so, so in other words, what they're saying is you don't have a farmer who's expected to raise all these crops and not get any of it himself. He gets the first part because he's working land. And then God's saying to you, listen, if you're working in my kingdom, if you're following what I've called you to do, I will take care of you. I will flow through you, but I've got you. But see, what connects us to this, guys, is a spirit of faith where we say, I believe it. I receive what he has for me. Because we talked about this out of James. If we're double-minded and unstable in our ways, we get nothing from the Lord. So what the devil wants to do is get you in a place of double-mindedness where you, I don't know if God's going to take care of me or not. I don't know if he's going to come through or not. And all of a sudden you default out of the provision that he has for you. But when you take a stand of faith and you say, God is my source and whatever's going on right now, you say, God, you're my source. I mean, even this year, Pastor Sharon and I, you, we've mentioned a little bit, it's come through in messages and stuff. We really felt God lead us and direct us to move to a different part of the city and to put our kids into certain schools. We felt the Lord lead us to do that. You know what? It was beyond what we naturally could afford. Straight up. But I've learned by now is God is my source. And so I'm going to obey. Now, it wasn't me just running off going, I think I want this. I'm going down, you know, buying, you know, I'm going to go buy a new, I don't know, Tesla because God is my source. And it's just, did God tell me to do that? Now, I don't know. God told you to do it. You better obey. But see, we went and God, and you know what we've watched over the last number of months? God just keeps providing. He keeps providing. But see, what happens for a lot of us is we wait for the provision before we obey. But God says, no, you need to obey, trusting that I'm your source, and watch me provide. Come on, somebody say, God is my source. God is my source. God is your source, guys. If he's called you, he will provide for you. If he gives you a vision, there is provision for that vision already in place. But he's looking for people who will rise in a spirit of faith and stop wavering back and forth between two opinions. Stop being bold on Sunday but doubting on Monday and just settle in their heart. God, I trust you. Now, you might be there saying, I don't know how it's going to happen. Okay, but God's still my source. I don't know where it's going to come from. Okay, but God is still my source. That's where you start with faith that God is your source. Come on, everybody say, God is my source. And family, I want to encourage you in 2023 in the spirit of faith with the challenges we're seeing. Because I would love to tell you, I've prayed, guys, and in three months God told me everything's going to get better. I'm just not getting that in prayer at all. 
We are seeing a lot going on. There's a lot of dynamics playing into things. There's a lot that's happening, but I think there's going to be more shakings before there's going to be less. But what God did, just like with the children of Israel, and there's been a lot of prophetic words going on about this, when there was judgment in Egypt, the children of Israel in Goshen where they lived were spared and were safe. And God says, I want you by faith to be able to be in a spiritual Goshen where even though they're shaking around you, you live in a place of peace. You live in a place of provision. You live in a place of protection. Why? Because I am your source. But guys, if we're going to walk in that in these days, you know, cotton candy, sloppy ice cream, Christianity is not going to cut it lukewarm, half-hearted, you've got to be all in with Jesus because there's just too much at stake. Right? God's provision is a Goshen, but if you keep sneaking around and sit, you put yourselves in the wrong place. It's getting quiet in the church. But God wants you to know he's your source. Come on, somebody say it. God's my source. Come on, say it again. God's my source. Come on, say it right now. God's my source. I want you to see what's the needs in front of you right now. What are the things that you need to start start to build their faith that it doesn't just depend on me. It doesn't depend on the universe. God is my source. God meets all of my needs. God takes care of me. If he called me to it, he'll provide. If he leads me into it, he's going to pay the bill. He's not going to take you out for dinner and then ask you to pay for it. Right? He's got you and he is going to provide for you. God doesn't do Dutch. Amen? I'll leave that one right now. We're just going to leave that. So let me pray for you right now. If you want to walk in a greater revelation in 2023 that God's your source, I just want you to raise your hands, Lord, right now. We're going to pray. Because I believe there's a revelation. And something happens, guys. It comes alive in your spirit. And it's almost like this righteous anger. You go, I'm not going to worry anymore. I'm not going to let the devil talk smack to me every single day because God's my source. God's going to cover for me. God's going to take me. So, Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you for a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you and that we will have faith that whatever the needs are in our heart, you are our source and we trust you. And sometimes it doesn't come as early as we want and sometimes it didn't come quite the way we want, but we learn to trust you that you are our source in Jesus' name. And everyone agreed, said. So that's part one. That's part one. Let me, let me get to part two quickly because there's, there's an important part for us to walk in this. Because we see here, he says, so Jesus is talking. He's all these things you need. And he's basically saying to God's your source. God's going to take care of you. Why are you worrying about this? You have a heavenly father. He's going to provide for you. Right, guys? If the scriptures say that a man, a man who does not provide for his family is worse than an infidel, right, is, is, is worse, why would God not provide for his family? But you've got to just by faith stop letting the devil sow doubt into your mind and just set your stake in the ground and say, I'm a son, I'm a daughter of God, he is my source, and he's going to provide for me. And I'm not going to base my life anymore just on what I think I can afford or not. I'm going to mature to where I'm going to base it on the word of the Lord because I know he will always provide to back up what he said. Sometimes we miss what God says because we don't want to go until he gives us what we need to do. And he's like, well, the provision's there, not here. Right? Yeah, let me, let me go. Remember when Elijah was there and he went, to, God said, go to the brook and I'm going to feed you at the brook? 
Well, if you want, well, I don't know if I can go to the brook because I don't have enough food to get there. Well, the food's there. Go to the brook. Yeah, but that's a far walk. What if it's not there when I get there? Well, it's there. And so he could have stayed where he was, starving, going, God, why aren't you providing for me? And these poor ravens would be showing up at the brook every single day with bread and whatever else for nobody to eat it. But then all of a sudden, the brook dried up. God said, okay, go to a widow. I've commanded her to provide for you. So what do you have to do? He had to go. The provision was where he's going, not where he was. If you keep looking for the provision being where you are instead of where you're supposed to go, then you are never going to walk in it. And yeah, of course it takes some maturity. You got to hear the voice of God. Sometimes you can get in presumption and just go somewhere because you think is, you can't make God provide something by going somewhere and just saying, well, I'm here. You got, you got to hear the voice of God. But guys, this is why we're maturing. We're hearing the voice of God. We're growing and walking with him. But you can trust that God is your source. Come on, somebody say it again. God's my source. But here's what's important. So he says, God's your source. But he says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. So this is very important, this verse. Because he keeps telling us, God's your source, God's your father, he's going to take care of you. But here's your part. Your part is to seek first the kingdom and everything else will be added unto you. In other words, God's got all this for you, but if you don't seek the kingdom, you can miss out on what's there. Right? That's, that's, that's our part. That's what we've got to seek first the kingdom. Everybody say seek first. But what does that actually mean? Sometimes, you know, I'm the preacher go, well, seeking first the kingdom means coming to church every Sunday and come to pre-service prayer and, and do this and do that. And, that's, and it can get kind of weird. No, I want to, uh, let me dive a little deeper into this. The Amplified Translation says this, but seek, aim at, or strive after, first of all, his kingdom and his righteousness, his way of doing and being right, and all these things taken together will be given to you. So I love that part because he amplifies the translation. If you never read it, it's a good translation. I mean, it's amazing. Nowadays, back in the day, you used to have to go out and buy one. Now you can just go online, do a search. But the Amplified Classic, I like the Amplified Classic. So what this translation did was the scholars, so often there's words, especially in the Greek, that kind of have multiple meanings. It's hard to, so they'll kind of, in translating the verse, they'll put in brackets or parentheses, they'll put like an extra explanation of what that word means. So he said, seek first the kingdom, seek his way of doing and being right. Everybody say his way. Everybody say not my way. His way. So in other words, we have a father who knows what we need, who is our source and supply. But he says, here's your part. Your part is to do it my way, not your way. Why? Because when you seek first the kingdom and his way of doing being right, all these things are added unto you. So let's, dedu- let's deduce this. If I seek first the kingdom and his way, his way of doing being right, what happens? All things are? What happens if I seek my way? Are all things added? Wait, wait, so, wait hold on. So, so you're telling me if I do it my way, not, all things are not added? It's kind of like in Psalms where it says the rebellious will dwell in the wilderness. Some people, oh, God's just got me in the desert. I'm just in a desert season. And I'm not against desert seasons. Sometimes God takes you there. But some people, I'm just in the desert season. God's got me in the desert season. It's so hard. And God didn't put you in the desert. You put yourself in the desert. Because you got rebellious. Oh, man, it's awful quiet today in the church. Right? If you're willing and obedient, you will eat the good of the land. Right? God's part is the big part. Our part is the small part. But he said, seek my way of doing and being right, and all these things will be added into you. Here's what I want to say. God is your source, but where a lot of Christians fall short when we talk about our finances is we don't do things God's way. 
God provide, but I'm going to do it my way. It doesn't work that way, guys. God said, do it my way and you get my results. Do it your way, you know what you get? Everybody say a mess. If you're tired of mess, stop doing it your way and start finding out what God's way is to do it. Why? Because when you seek first the kingdom and his righteousness, all these things will be added unto you. This works this way in marriage. I've been pastoring for 20 years. I'm in a marriage, learning and growing all the time, watching couples. God's got a way to do marriage. And when you do it God's way, you get God's results. Right? It's not perfect. It can still be challenging, but there's just this peace and this love and this joy and all this because you're doing things God's way. Every time I've seen a couple struggle in their marriage is because they're not doing things God's way. There's something off. Now, they might not realize it. Sometimes people are really trying. They just don't know any better. But that's why we have to be humble. And we say, God, show me your way. God, show me how you want to do this. I could talk about business. I could talk about, you know, purpose. All these things. Do it God's way and you get God's results. Do it your way and you get a mess. So let's talk about provision. Let's talk about finances. Let's talk about faith for this area. What happens for many Christians is we don't do it God's way. Now, what I found for most people, they don't like be like, forget it, I'm not doing it God's way, I'm going to do it my own way. They just don't understand. The, the, my people perish for lack of knowledge. I mean, every once in a while, there's people who are just like dig their heels in, or just like, I don't care, I'm not doing it, and whatever. But most of the time, it's not because we just, we just don't know. We don't know what we don't know. But here's the problem. If you don't know what you don't know, and you're doing it the world's way, you get the world's results. And every once in a while you pray and God comes in and he still by his grace kind of helps. And, but there's just so much a better way, which is doing things God's way. So what we want to do is in our finances, we want to build our faith that God is our source. But then we also want to say, and this is an ongoing journey, God, teach me your ways. Because I want your results. Teach me your ways with my finances. Have you prayed that? Have you lived that out? Because that's where we really start to see it. And I'm praying the light bulb of revelation is clicking on for some of you because the devil wants to fight you in this area because if he can keep you under bondage financially, he can really undermine a lot of the peace, a lot of what God has for you, a lot of different things in your life. But if you rise up in that and you start to understand God's your source and you start saying, God, teach me your ways, show me your ways to walk this out, you start to see the provision manifest in your life and you start to see God do what he said he was going to do. Ever say God's way? God's results? My way? Big mess? Which one do we want today? I want your results. I don't want, I want to get you out of that mess. You keep coming, oh, pray for me. I've got a big mess. I will pray for you. I'll pray for you all the time. But one of these days, I pray you just grab a hold of God's way and you pull yourself up out of that mess. And now, instead of needing, right, you're the one who's going and ministering to other people and blessing other people and helping other people, but you're also teaching them God's ways. So, I do need to land this plane in just a second. Let me say this. A couple thoughts really quickly to close about God's way. First and way, God's way with our finances is making Jesus the Lord of our finances. Matthew 6, 24, no one can serve two masters. For either he'll hate the one and love the other, he'll be voted one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. It's interesting. Why would he bring up money in that situation? I mean, that's just a principle. You can't serve two masters. You can't serve Satan. You can't serve, you know, this or that. But he really brought up money. Why did he do that? Here's what I think. I think because he knew for a lot of us that was going to be a big battle. 
Is Jesus my Lord or is money my Lord? Now, if we were to take a poll right now, how many people, Jesus is your Lord, how many people's money is your Lord? I think all of us would say Jesus. I don't know anyone would say, well, money's my Lord. Here's how you find out. When God tells you to give, what do you say? Do you tithe? Right? That's where you find out. Right? I can say, you know, my wife, I love you, I love you, I love you, etc. I can say all the right things, but sooner or later she's looking for some action. Right? She's looking for some quality time, because that's one of her love languages. She's looking for some expensive gifts, because that's one of her love languages. Not just gifts, expensive gifts. That's why I have to have this kind of revelation. <laughs> right? Because, but, 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 and I fall into the trap sometimes, I'll, I'll say, and this and that, but she, you know, she'll look at me and say, well, I'm not, I'm not seeing the fruit of that. Right? The Lordship is when Jesus is your Lord, I remember this phrase, I said, either he's Lord of all or he isn't Lord at all. And so there's this element of lordship, guys, where it's saying, okay, Jesus, you are the Lord. That means I'm not, I'm not deciding what I'm going to do with all my finances. And then maybe if I have a little bit left over, that's for you, Jesus. That's a tip. Thank you for salvation. That's a tip. Thank you for loving me. No, lordship means you actually pray and you say, God, what do you want me to do with this? Now, this is radical for some of us because we just, we've never lived this way. But, but this is God's way. And when we do it God's way, we get God's results. God wants you to see him as your source in 2023 and beyond. God wants to work miracles for you. God wants to open doors that no man can open for you. But you gotta do it his way and it starts by making Jesus the Lord. Secondly, we need to commit to honor God with our finances. This could be an entire message unto itself. But honor, Proverbs 3, verse 9 and 10 says this, Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of all your produce. Then your barns will be filled with plenty, your vats will be bursting with new wine. Honor means to value, to cherish. The Bible teaches us that when we give, it's actually an act of honor to God. And when we withhold, we are actually dishonoring him. Now, I know a lot of us didn't know that, and we didn't mean that, but that's what happens. Um, I was thinking about this in first service, and the best example I can think of this is we live in a culture right now that doesn't place a high value on honor. Like, it happens, but it's not an honor-based culture. You go into different cultures around the world, and honor is very important. Uh, It's a big deal. Protocols and honors, and we sometimes don't understand. We're like, what's the big deal? But it's a big deal. And you know one of the primary manifestations of honor in cultures of honor, when you honor somebody, you know one of the primary manifestations of it? Is you bring a gift. Because it's showing your honor. I was laughing at my wife's and I arguments about gift cards. See, I like gift cards. They're really easy to buy. Because I hate getting people the wrong stuff. You know, you get them something. Oh, this is wonderful. And you know in your mind, you're like, they hate it. They don't like it. So I'm like, let me just give you a gift card. You go get what you want. But my wife's like, no, you can't do that. You need to take time. You need to show. Like, I cannot buy my wife a gift card. I'll tell you that much. I will be in big trouble if I buy her a gift card. Because for her, and it's passed on to my daughter. What do you want to get your friend for your birthday? I want to go buy this. I want to find this. I want to shop. I'm like, can we do a gift card? Dad, we cannot. Mom, dad's talking about gift cards again. Right? There's this element because there's, it's not just the gift, but it's the thought and the intentionality of the gift that matters. Thank you. All right. 
Amen. I'm getting into some marriage right now. A wife in the front row just said, exactly. So, right, it's the thought that matters in the heart. But let me just, without, because we got to, we got to land this. What if we really bring this to our giving to God? That it's first and foremost a thing of honor. That when I bring my tithes, my heart, it's honoring God. It's honoring him with my first fruits. And when I honor him, then it says there's an overflow that comes into my life. How about you guys? I want to honor God. I want to honor him. I want us to honor him. We honor through our giving. Number, number three, doing things God's way. Uh, be specific about what you're believing God for. I really want to challenge you this year, whether it's finances, whether it's family, whatever it is, get specific about what you're asking God for. Don't have this kind of, what do you believe in God for? Well, you just kind of... No, I challenge you. I dare you. Get specific with God. You know, sometimes people do this thing too. Well, you know, Pastor, you don't really need to pray for me because there's so many other people around the world who have so many more needs than me. Do you know God has enough for you and for them? Amen. Get that in your heart. You don't have to. He's got enough for you. and, And sometimes he wants the overflow of your life to be what blesses them. And you're saying, God, just give it to them. God says, well, actually, I'd rather give it to you, have it overflow, so you give it to them in my name. Amen. Uh, oh, I got to land this. Okay, let me just, I want, this is really good. First John 5, 15, and we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the requests we've asked them. Rick Renner, Bible scholar, wrote this about, he said, First John 5, 15, the word ask in Greek is the word atil. This Greek word eliminates any religious suggestion that we are lowly worms who have no right to come into the presence of God to make a request. It also destroys the picture that we must pitifully beg and plead for the things that we need from the Lord. This word, ateo, means to be adamant in requesting and even demanding assistance in meeting tangible needs such as food, shelter, money, and so forth. Of course, we never want to be disrespectful when we pray, so for those who are concerned about sounding rude, let me assure you the word atio does not give us license to be arrogant or rude in this approach to God. In fact, in the New Testament and other secular literature from the New Testament times, the word atio is often used to portray a person addressing a superior. This person may insist or demand that a need be met, but he approaches and speaks to his superior with respect and a sense of honor. However, the petitioner is so sure that his request is correct that he asks boldly with firm expectation that he will receive the desired outcome. This word, atio, describes a person who speaks out and prays boldly and authoritatively. This person knows specifically what he needs and isn't afraid to boldly come into God's presence and ask and expect to receive what he's requested. Guys, it is time for humble boldness. It is time for us to say, God, I am expecting and asking you for this and I am believing you for it this year. Believe God. Come on, somebody say, believe God. That's the spirit of faith that we believe. And then last but not least, you can start up with here, man, is, is God's way is to give. Now remember, God's way, God's results. Right? The scriptures also say in, it says in uh, 1 Corinthians 2.14 that God's ways sometimes seem foolish to our natural mind. So this one is hard for us to give. Because what's natural? If I want to have, we see giving as losing. If I give, it's a loss. But here's what God says about that. Luke 6, 38. Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will you put into your lap. For the measure with which you give will be measured back to you. Somebody say give. 
When we do things God's way, we learn to hear the Holy Spirit and give. Right? We tithe. We bring our first 10% to God because that's honor. But then we learn to become givers. We learn to hear the Holy Spirit. And it's not about, well, can I afford it? It's what's God saying because, A, he's always going to provide what I need. But, B, as I give, I start to participate in his kingdom way of doing things. And it is always given back to me. Give and it shall be given unto you. And family, just as we bring this to a close, I want to encourage you in your faith today. God is your source. God wants to provide for you. God wants you to have more than enough for everything that he has called you to do. God wants to care for you and you need to set your heart in 2023 that God is my source. Daddy's going to pay for it. I've got this covered, but then we need to learn to make Jesus the Lord of our finances, to come and to have a heart of honor, to be specific, but then to listen to Holy Spirit and to give. That is a key. I can tell you guys from 20 plus years now, it's learning to listen and give and then God gives back. And then I listen and give and God gives back. And it keeps me free from a love of money because I'm always learning to listen and give and then God gives back. The world says, get, 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 keep, 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 hold on to. That's how you make it. But in the kingdom, it says, don't worry. God's your source. Follow the Holy Spirit. Listen and give and then receive. And then listen and give and then receive and then listen and give and receive. Do you guys hear that today? God is looking for people of faith who will step over into the kingdom way and listen and give and then receive. And so today we're going to pray because we have an amazing opportunity in First Fruits. We have an amazing opportunity to listen and then to give and then to watch what God does in 2023. And so let's do this. Let's just all stand to our feet. We're going to pray over this. Now, before I get you out of here, we do want to have a couple announcements and reminder because we totally skipped over those things. So I'll mention this, but we're going to pray over this right now. And so even though we don't necessarily have like offering envelopes or something that we're giving, I want every one of us who are giving in first fruits just to, in our hearts, see like what we're giving, just what we're giving. Maybe some of you are challenged by this message today. And listen, if some of you are still like, you're kind of like, ah, oh, pastor, I mean, this is interesting, but I'm still not quite sold, then please don't feel pressure to give. I'm really not trying to get you like preach this message, get you to give. I want you to do it from a spirit of faith. And I want you, but I also want to challenge you to, to step out. How will you ever know God's promises coming to pass if you never step out and give him a chance to do it? You can't walk on water if you always hide in the boat. And sometimes you just got to, you got to step out at some point and say, okay, God, I want to start this lifestyle of listening and giving and receiving instead of just trying to make it happen myself and hold on to it. So I want you, yeah, actually, I like this couple of you to just hold your hands out almost like you're holding what your seed is. What are you bringing to God? And guys, seriously, I, whatever the amount is, it's what God put in your heart. If it's five bucks, it's five bucks. It's believing and obeying God that matters right now. It's not with that. So Father, we come before you in Jesus' name. Lord, I thank you for this church family. I thank you that you, just for the work you're doing in us. And so even today, as we have an opportunity to bring our first fruits, to bring our first fruit offerings, God, I thank you that we are learning your ways. I thank you that you are teaching us and training us to, 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 to do the kingdom way, to live out the kingdom vision. And I thank you that we are learning to listen to give and receive. 
And then we listen and we give and we receive. And there's this kingdom dynamic where you are our source and supply. And so I just pray, even as we give, we take a stand of faith that God is our source, God is our supply, no matter what's going on in the world around us, even as we're singing today, and no matter what's being shaken around us, you are our source, you are our supply. We believe it, we receive it from you. And so even as people go out of this place, some have given already, we come with honor and we come with faith today in the name of Jesus. Come on, if you agree with me today, you just say amen, 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 amen. amen. Come on, everybody say God's way, God's results. My way, big mess. I'm doing it God's way. Amen. And we love you guys. Have a great week.